0: Hey, y'all. Welcome Welcome back back to to Crime, Critics, and Chaos. Chaos.
1: My name is Shivani. And I'm Shaylin. And And we're we're your hosts. hosts.
0: As some of you may know, we have come across an emergency last week, and therefore, we were not able to record and upload an episode. However, we have decided to release not one, but two episodes this week to make up for that. Yes. (laughs) uh, We thank you guys so
1: much for understanding. We want to remain fairly consistent with our release schedule. But, of course, emergencies will happen here and there. And although we will try to have a backup plan, there may be times where we come across issues and we won't be able to. We do appreciate all of your support though, and the success of CCC Pod is
0: due to all of our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you guys. And so, with that being said, Shivani, are you ready to get into our shout out of the week? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, the first shout out will go to my lovely sister, Miss Demetrius Fisher. Woo! Go, Shaylin's sister! She has been so active. On Facebook, uh, even in our private messages. He's yes. Like, what is the next episode? Even my brother. So next shout out. With that being said, goes <laughs> to my brother, Mister Nathan Fisher. Ooh, go Nathan. <laughs> and the last shout out would go to my cousin, Miss Krista McDonald. Go Krista. Um, Krista actually has a business, y'all, so I would definitely be um, putting her information in our description box so y'all can go check her out. So thank you, those three, for all of your support and your love, and we will continue to show you love the rest of the way.
1: Thank you guys so much. And just as a reminder, please follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Instagram and Facebook, so join our discussion groups. We love to hear your thoughts and opinions regarding the cases that we cover. We would also appreciate any reviews that you guys leave us on any of the platforms you listen to us on. Um, That will definitely help our podcast get into the feeds of other true crime listeners such as you. So partners in crime, grab your wine and join us as it's time to... Wine Wine and and Crime!
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the sources that I'll be using to tell this story will be from Unsolved Mysteries and Cron.com. So, Giovanni, before I get into this story, this actually is a mystery story. I mean, all of our cases, of course, have been mystery stories. But this one is a little bit different. Now, this case has been kind of solved, but not really. Ooh. Um, That's why it's really, really mysterious. Okay. On December 22nd, 2001, 45-year-old Donna Baldillo was the first to arrive at her job at the Wells Fargo Bank. So this is in Houston, Texas. Okay. So Donna was a manager at this uh, Wells Fargo Bank. So basically she was just um, arriving to open up the doors. So she was the first one there to open up the store. Before Donna was actually able to do that, she found a note outside of the store. Was the note addressed to her? So the note uh, was not actually addressed to Donna herself. But it was odd because um, it was just sitting there. Now, I don't know if the note was sitting, like, you know, on the ground mm-hmm. or if it was, like, you know, sticking on the door. But it was outside of the West Florida
1: Noticeable bank. enough for her to know that she needed to read it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay. So this piece of paper uh, was encased in a plastic cover. And written on it was a demand for all of the money in the bank.
1: I guess what I'm thinking is for me if I were to read this note I would be like okay where how the hell do you even want to get this like you want me to get this money but how are you going to get it like I can get it and put <laughs> right. it in my pocket but where do you want me to give it to you at? exactly well, probably not my pocket I'm pretty sure they're not going to ask me for like money that fits into my pocket they're probably going to want more than that <laughs> but I'm just saying as an example like where would you want me to deliver this money to like exactly. you're not giving me any specifics you just said that you want money to me, I'm like you're just someone's just playing a prank on me. Exactly, you know?
0: that's what I'm saying. It was it, it sounded like a prank. Right. In that moment, I would have thought it was a prank. I would have been confused, and it would have definitely alarmed me. But it would have, I wouldn't have been like super super scared. Right. I would have thought it was a joke.
1: Right. I mean, but, you never know how you're gonna react in that situation. So I guess for her, it was yeah. like. This could be a joke, but just in case, let me take precautionary measures and and do what I have to do. I'm assuming she called the police.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) not only did this note demand the money out of the bank, it basically stated that if she was to report it to the cops, there will be, like, consequences. So the note also had, like, violent threats in there as well. I see. Yeah, but they didn't specify, like, what actually, you know, those threats were. Gotcha, so they're
1: just scaring her but not really giving her any insight on what's going to happen right
0: yeah got it so donna did not enter the wells fargos bank which is very smart i think it was very smart because we don't know if anybody could have been in there anybody could have broken in from the back That's or true. you know on the side you know we never know so donna did not actually go into the bank what she did was she ended up going and sitting back in her car okay in about five minutes five to ten minutes later uh, another co-worker came in. Another co-worker arrived to the Wells Fargo, Spain. And before that co-worker was actually able to go into the Wells Fargo, Donna had stopped the uh, particular co-worker and was like, hey, meet me at this convenience store up the street.
1: Oh, so she didn't even want to speak to this co-worker like in the parking lot of this bank just in case she was being watched.
0: Yeah, so um, again, the coworker never actually made it because I don't think even, yeah, I don't think Donna was even able to unlock the door at that point. Right. So she just immediately went back to her car. The coworker came up about a couple of minutes later and she stopped the coworkers like, hey, meet me at the convenience store. Once the co-worker and Donna drove away from the Wells Fargo, they went to a convenience store. Now, it doesn't specify what convenience store that they went to. I'm sure it wasn't far. It was nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ended up uh, not calling the police, but they ended up calling the supervisor. So they didn't call the police immediately. They ended up calling another co-worker.
1: Yeah, because they're probably still thinking, like, is this even true or is this real? Like, which I think they're probably more wondering if they should call the police and they wanted to run that by their supervisor to see what...
0: They thought right, and so that's probably why they did that. Yes, absolutely. So this coworker was notified. The supervisors, that supervisor actually called the police. So once police got to the store where Donna and you know the coworker were, the um, Texas actually took the note in for evidence, of course. I believe they dusted it off her fingerprints, but they weren't able to come up with any, you know, fingerprints or any clues about, you know, who could have possibly written the note or just anything like that along those lines. So nothing came about this note, unfortunately. So just a few weeks, something terrible happened to Donna and her family. Her
1: entire family?
0: Her entire family. So
1: who, who does her, like, what does her family consist of? Is it like her and her husband,
0: her and her kids, her and her parents? Like, who's so who's involved um donna it was donna of course her son uh jay who was uh, around 26 years old i believe and her eight-year-old daughter bunny so just her and her two
1: kids yes
0: okay it was her and her two kids
1: what happened we will
0: get into that
1: Our episode today is sponsored by Hugo Granados. He was our very first sponsor and still continues to support us each and every day. Thank you for listening every single week, Hugo, and giving us your thoughts and opinions as well as your contribution to our wine, dine, and crime, especially the wine. Our liver may have to differ, but we will always appreciate you, Hugo.
0: Shivani, look at my eyebrows, girl. Just look at them. Can you see this?
1: I see it, girl you should see, Do you look at mine. I mean, I've been needing threading done for the longest time now.
0: I know, but they're not as nearly worse as mine, girl. Like, <laughs> I think we need to go get our eyebrows done ASAP.
1: I am so down. <laughs> we can get our eyebrows done
0: at? Everything Brows and Beauty. <laughs> you must know Tia. I think I do, Tia Edwards? Yes ma'am! <laughs> So, Tia Edwards is a professional and certified makeup artist located in Houston, Texas. You can follow her Instagram at everythingbrows underscore beauty. Again, you can follow her Instagram everything brows underscore beauty to get your latest beauty fix. So, girl, when are we going to Houston?
1: <laughs> Friday it is. Friday it 1230 is. 1230 p.m. Be ready or be <laughs> square. Period.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So on February 1st, 2002, around 3 30 a.m., again, this is just five weeks after the incident at the Wells Fargo Bank. Donna and her, actually her son was 22. I didn't mention before. I, I said it was 26. Six. He's actually 22. Okay. Sorry about that. Jay and her eight year old daughter, Bunny, were sound asleep in their apartment. And this apartment was located at the Chateau Dijon apartment complex. I'm not sure if they're still named that. Um, they were located at the. 6200 block of Buccaneer Street in Houston, Texas. So, again, I don't know if the apartments are still there. Um, I didn't look at the maps this time, like I always do. (laughs) (laughs) But they were in their apartment complex sound asleep when a fire broke out. A fire? A fire.
1: Just in their apartment. Like, not their building, but just their specific apartment.
0: Well, it wasn't their specific apartment, but it was like the staircase. Like, right by their apartment. So, okay. it wasn't actually in their apartment. Okay. But it was fairly close to the apartment. So, it was like, right, you know how you, you know, get out of the apartment, you have a staircase? Right. Like right, right here, like yours. Right. It was like that. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, but like, if this were to have blown up, which I'm assuming it did if it caused, mm-hmm. you know, harm, mm-hmm. was it like... What did it target? Did it harm any other families in that, like, in the apartment complex? Or was it just that one specific apartment that consisted of Donna and her children?
0: So it was mostly the stairway that caught on fire. So, again, going back to what I was saying, it was, it wasn't actually their apartment itself that caught on fire. So it wasn't inside their particular unit. Mm -hmm. It was on the staircase. So the staircase was, like, right there by the apartment. Okay. So a neighbor um, Mr. Curtis Ford uh, reported that he woke to strange noises just outside of his apartment so Curtis's apartment was literally right below um, Donna's apartment so I don't I'm not sure if it was like directly below but it was below her apartment okay and he did uh, make note that he started hearing noises that sounded like somebody was running up and down the stairs so that was odd. Yeah. Yeah. And this is before the actual fire, you know, caught on, you know, on the stairs. Right. So he reported that before the actual fire started that he was hearing uh, footsteps so going he, up and down the So when downstairs. you say he
1: reported this, do you mean he called the police and said, hey, I'm hearing footsteps above my apartment? Or what do you mean by he reported this?
0: No, he didn't actually call the police at that moment. But, you know, when the fire started and people started coming, that's when he told officers. Oh, okay, so he, he yeah. so he reported it post- Right, you know, post-fire. Okay. When officers and detectives, you know, ambulance and fire trucks came, he did tell them that he, was, he had heard those particular footsteps. There was also reports that, there were children running from the back of the complex, like kids. So then he must have heard like multiple footsteps like yeah. all at the same time then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when he actually looked outside of his balcony window. So he went to his balcony. That's so. I guess when he started hearing the noises, it, you know, started becoming alarming to him. He looked out of his balcony window and that's when he saw the fire coming from the wall. You're right. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So when he started seeing this fire, he noticed that it was coming from the upstairs apartment, which was Donna's Mm -hmm. apartment. So he actually ran out of his apartment to go and help. Like he was being a very good neighbor. Right. You know, he acted on his feet. He went out of his apartment to go check out to see what was going on. And that's when he seen Jay. He seen Jay outside of the apartment complex.
1: Was he outside, like, trying to save himself? Or was he outside trying to get help? Or what was Jay really... Like, did he escape the fire and that's why he
0: was outside? Or what kind of led Jay to be outside? So, Jay was outside because he was looking for Bunny. Oh. Yeah. So, when the fire um, was taking place, Jay and Donna were kind of like coming out of the apartment complex because at that point, Bunny was missing. They didn't see Bunny when the fire took place. Okay. So Jay was coming out of the apartment to see if she's outside or she had escaped. Okay, real
1: quick question. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you may have mentioned this already, but Mm -hmm. uh, approximately what time did this happen?
0: This happened approximately, again, 3.30 a.m.
1: A.m. So -hmm. this is in the middle of the night. Yeah. So clearly she wouldn't just be outside for no reason no not at all if she's not in the apartment then it's either because she saw the fire and happened to escape or because someone forcefully took her out
0: yeah so we'll get into that keep in mind at this time the at the fire that the fire was going on excuse me other residents besides mr Curtis was awoken by the screams and everything so there were other residents that noticed um, what was going on mm-hmm. but I think Mr. Curtis was actually the one that acted you know quickly
1: right because he was I mean he heard it and he mm-hmm. was like something's definitely wrong yeah and he wanted to be a good
0: civilian and,
1: and Absolutely. Ran to help
0: yeah and um, there it was reported that one um, or several if you will other uh, neighbors came to extinguish the fire but I think the hero in this story is kind of leaning towards Mr. Curtis. Because right. Because he definitely, he saw the fire first. Well, he may not have seen the fire first, but I feel like he, he was the one that acted 1st Mm-hmm. And um, that's when, again, that's when he saw Jay, when he went up the stairs and saw that Jay was laying there. Yeah.
1: So he was outside in an attempt to look for Bunny, but he was, like, too injured to kind of...
0: Yeah, he was, like, Jay was laid out on the floor. Like, he was laid out on the ground.
1: So was he, like... Is this because okay? So no other injuries other than burns. I'm assuming like he yeah. wasn't shot, he wasn't strangled, he nothing, none of that stuff. He was no, no, just no. burned. Okay.
0: Yeah. He there was no other uh, wounds or injuries, so his body was cleared that he was injured by the fire. Okay. Yeah. So within minutes of the incident being called in, so at that point there were uh, calls of you know of the fire. People were reporting it. At this point, ambulance and paramedics did arrive, and that's when they discovered not only Jay but Donna as well. So, Jay was actually laying in the courtyard. Donna was laying... I don't know if she was laying, like, in the courtyard near Jay or she was laying, like, more towards the apartment complex with her unit. Mm -hmm. But when investigators arrived and, you know, ambulance, of course, paramedics, they did find both uh, Donna and Jay's body. But Jay's body was in the courtyard. Okay. Yeah. They were uh, burned beyond recognition.
1: That's insane. So, I guess... The part that's kind of like, I'm trying to wrap my head around, I guess, is the Mm -hmm. fact that they both made their way out of the apartment some way, somehow. And, of course, they didn't make it far. Yeah. And do you know, before I go on with my sentence, uh, or with my thought, rather, do you know how far away the two bodies were found, like, as far as Donna and Jay? Like, I know you said that Jay was found in the courtyard, Mm -hmm. but do you know how far away the courtyard was? Was it just, like, several hundred feet? Was it, like, yards? Was it, like, super far away or not that far?
0: I think it was just a couple of feet. Okay, I don't so, think he they got that far. Okay. Yeah.
1: So what I was saying was like the fact that they both somehow made it out, right? Mm-hmm. And but they obviously didn't make it far, right? And they collapsed, and they obviously passed away due to how you know due to their injuries, and they mm-hmm. were both burnt and beyond recognition how in the world are they burnt beyond recognition but they were able to somehow make it out you know what i mean right. like that's like to me if i'm getting if i if my whole body is like on fire and i'm going to be burnt beyond recognition i would believe i would assume that i'm not going to go anywhere yeah. i'm going to be like laid out right then and there where i'm at when exactly. this fire
0: touched me I think it was basically the will of them trying to find Bunny. Bunny, right. Yeah. And Bunny was not found. Bunny was not found right away. Not like Don and Jay was. Okay. So that's what, you know, I think that was the 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 point of it all where they were trying to find Bunny and they were going to do whatever it takes to find Bunny. Okay. So one eerie thing to note though about this whole situation with Jay, uh, once ambulance did arrive and they found him, he told these people we should have gone out the balcony that was pretty much that's I don't what know. he told
1: the witnesses like yeah. he like while they were trying to like make sure he's okay reviving him or whatever yeah the words that came out of his
0: mouth was we should have gone through the balcony right yeah so again when paramedics came you know witnesses probably were still out there neighbors he said we should have gone out the balcony and that's really really eerie
1: I wonder why. Is is it probably because he's thinking, like, the fire probably didn't originate around that area, so mm-hmm. maybe they could have escaped, you know, better from the balcony. Right. I mean, of course, they they probably would have had to jump, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: the injuries that they could have sustained from that jump, especially because you said second floor. Right. So, I mean, they probably would have still sustained sustained injuries, but probably wouldn't have been as harsh as a whole charred body right. that they ended up being. So, um I guess maybe that's what they meant or what Mm -hmm. he meant when he said we should have gone to the balcony, unless he saw something Mm -hmm. in the balcony area and didn't think anything of it until he was like sprawled out onto the ground in the courtyard. And now he's kind of like, his mind's kind of racing Yeah, and he's, he knows like, okay, this is it. Like, I'm not going to make it. And he's probably thinking like, what happened? Who did this? How did this, you know, how did this occur? And that's probably when he kind of probably put a couple of things together in his mind and realized that maybe the balcony is kind of where what had the answers of yeah. you know what mm-hmm. happened to bunny slash who could have saying. done this you know and that's mm-hmm. probably why he said those words because that's what he's, what's going through his mind
0: absolutely yeah i think you're you're absolutely right i think that um, by him saying it it could have been like a more a safer escape plan for them um later on they ended up finding bunny and she was uh, unfortunately deceased
1: where did they find
0: her she was actually on the stairwell where the fire originated, yes. Yeah, she was found deceased um burned, of course, on the stairwell. That is so odd to me. I wonder if she like
1: escaped that way and happened to get out of the house before the, you know, before Donna and mm-hmm. um and Jay did mm-hmm. because or I mean, my next thought would be that whoever did this possibly went inside the house and grabbed her. Right. But then why would... If you're going to take the effort to go inside the house mm-hmm. and grab her with the risk of getting caught, mm-hmm. why would you just leave her on the stairway? Wouldn't wouldn't you take her with you? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be the purpose? I just don't see the purpose of, you know, taking her if you were going to just let her die like Donna and Jay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So according to Unsolved Mysteries, authorities believe that Bunny was awoken by a mysterious knock at the door and when she opened it she wasn't aware that there was a fire outside so this is basically how they noted what may have happened to bunny bunny opened the door because she heard a knock at the door so it was three o'clock in the morning there was a knock on the door bunny went to answer it but she was unaware that there was a fire outside right i'm still trying to kind of picture that you know well my thing how was bunny Bunny is eight. She was eight at the time. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know. I'm 26. And if I get a a knock at my door at 3.30 in the morning, I'm not answering
0: that. I'm not answering that. And I do not see an eight-year-old answering a door that late at night. So that's why I said I can't really picture that. Mm -hmm. But that's what authorities uh, believe, according to Unsolved Mysteries, that they believe that, you know, somebody knocked at the door bunny and what's but i'm like why bunny why not jay or donna right and
1: like why would an eight-year-old i feel like an eight-year-old would be more in deep sleep and you know harder to wake up rather than donna and jay like i feel like they're more prone to wake up right. but i guess it really depends on who was closer to the door and who was sleeping where it just mm-hmm. you know all those factors come into play but yeah i mean i can see th- th- why they would think that i just don't know how accurate that would be as far as Bunny being the one to kind of open the door, and, and maybe that could have happened because they needed a way to get the fire inside the house because it right. might have been it may have been acceler- like it may have been accelerated, but maybe the fumes were getting kind of lower and they weren't able to, it wasn't able to like, you know, somebody could have recognized that there was a fire and an mm-hmm. ambulance would have came immediately or a fire truck could have came immediately and put out the fire without it even reaching inside the apartment. Right, so maybe. You know they wanted her to open the door so that if they would have like you know used accelerate on side like on the door and things like that it would immediately catch on fire Mm -hmm. and you know she would have passed away right then and there if it like immediately caught on fire does that make sense yeah that
0: makes perfect sense but it also kind of gives me a picture like i guess it would kind of make sense why they came up with that theory because why would she be on the stairwell right so what so happened? It could have know? been
1: like well, clearly they're walking. You know, they they can be burned beyond recognition, but they're still walking some distance. Right. So maybe she opened the door, and boom, like the whole house, like or like the whole yeah. door or the whole entryway of the of the apartment catches on fire exactly and so she's like oh i gotta get out of here and so her first she her first instinct is to run forward right like mm-hmm. she's already by the door she's like i need to get out of this apartment exactly her first instinct is to run forward rather than backwards but she was already like burnt so badly that she couldn't even make it down the staircase and
0: that was exactly. it exactly so yeah like you were saying she could have, you know probably was getting Lena burns she, she's an eight-year-old child right you know she was getting probably getting you know burns here and there and she didn't know what to do you know i don't see a, a eight-year-old acting on their feet right and that's when Donna and Jay went out in a desperate attempt to save bunny because they realized that she was not in the apartment anymore mm -hmm. so they ran out the door to save bunny and that's when they started getting burned okay so i guess you know if you look at it and you kind of think about it it does make sense maybe it was a knock at the door Mm -hmm. or or something something happened happened. in order for her to open it we don't know whether that's a knock
1: Mm -hmm. or whatever that may be but it's interesting that it was Bunny out of all yeah. to open that door. Mm-hmm. Um but it could have been either of I mean it could have been any of them but you know it mm-hmm. wasn't. Um but I don't know we don't know like what could have possibly happened in order for Bunny specifically to open that door. I just think it's kind of odd that you know it, it had to be an 8-year-old to answer the door and not the two grown-ups of the house.
0: Okay. Yeah so going back a little bit um this is when curtis noticed the fire he went upstairs and he saw jay i'm not sure if he saw donna but he did see jay and he actually pulls jay by his ankle so curtis was the one that actually pulls jay away from the fire so i believe curtis pulled jay into the courtyard that's how he ended in the courtyard oh
1: okay okay so he didn't like run that way right he probably okay that makes a little bit more sense Mm because he's probably like not able to, like, you know, move. And he, he's probably just trying to get him to a safer spot. And right. So that's probably why he pulled him that far. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
0: Keep in mind, though, again, at the point where Curtis was, you know, helping out, Bunny was not to be found. So Bunny, and I hate to say it this way, but this is just honest, Bunny was burning up that whole time on the stairwell. Stairwell. Um, and that... <sighs> That image, I just can't. I, I was just
1: gonna say, like, I feel like, I don't know how long this lasted, but like, mm-hmm. she'd be into ash, like she'd be in ashes by now. Like, she, I'm surprised that they even like mm-hmm. realized that there was a body there right. for as long as they did. You know, for as long as that she was over there for.
0: mm-hmm Yeah, and it was reported that at that time when, I guess, Jay and Donna noticed that Bunny was missing, they were actually calling her name, like, trying to find her, but of course to no avail, they were not able to find her, and I guess, you know, that's when they started getting burned up as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think that maybe, and I might be jumping the gun here, but Mm -hmm. like
1: always, (laughs) (laughs) do you think that the two of them, as in Donna and Jay, they kind of caught, I don't want to say caused their own deaths because obviously they didn't set the house on fire right. that, that we know of. I'm but doing, I get what you're saying. You haven't finished the story yet. But um, do you think that they purposely stayed in the house long enough to find Bunny and that's what kind of caught, led to their death? Or and that if, you know, if it wasn't for that, then they may have escaped and not, you know, been burnt at all enough to where they were, you know,
0: Absolutely. Dying. Absolutely. I, I really, at that point, I think that their their main focus, like, any parent or uh, relative, sibling. brother, sibling, mm-hmm. would do in that situation. Like, I, I wouldn't care. Right. I'm not going to be thinking about any fires. Like, I'm going to get burnt up all well. I need to look for my daughter. I need to look for my sister. Right. And that's
1: what I'm thinking. Because, like, if they had enough time to, like, look, you know, to do all that, I feel like that, you know, they really, truly believe that she was somewhere in the house. And mm-hmm. that's why they stayed in there longer. Um, you know, whereas they could have escaped in a in a good amount of time and still save themselves, mm-hmm. but it's because that they were looking for Bunny that all of that happened, right? And yeah. it, and that kind of goes back to the whole balcony thing, you know, because they were in there for so long looking for Bunny, he probably made that comment kind of in the. with the idea of you know we were in there for so long there was no way we could have made it out the way that we tried to get get out Mm -hmm. um so maybe we should have gone through the balcony because that that would have been our only way out to not have been burnt at all yeah
0: yep exactly so later on donna was eventually put out the flames. so later on Um, I'm not sure if it was when the paramedics and everybody came, but later on she was pulled out, but she wasn't pulled out by Curtis. Just make that clear. Um, She wasn't pulled out by Curtis, but she was eventually found. And something surprising here, when Jay and Donna was found, they were actually still alive. Both of them were? Both of them were absolutely still very much alive when they were found. So when did they
1: officially pass away? Or did they officially pass away? Let's get into that. Okay, this whole time, I was under the assumption that they were they were they were dying.
0: Yeah. So okay. well, I kind of I- saved that for a little less. So okay, you, <laughs> you like a shocker thing. But yes, okay. Donna and Jay were still alive when they were pulled out of the fire. Bunny was not. She was deceased. Okay. So Bunny, Jay, and Donna all found at this point now. Bunny's deceased Jay and Donna were transported to the hospital okay keep in mind though because this is actually really really interesting to me okay when Curtis was pulling Jay out of the fire he was not injured at all who wasn't injured Curtis Curtis, the neighbor he did not get injured at all while trying to pull him out Mm -hmm. of the fire yeah when he pulled Jay out of the fire he was not injured not a scratch not nothing I mean he probably had a little minor 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 injuries but nothing like Jay and Donna did. Well,
1: when you say that he pulled him out of the fire, do you mean that he like put himself inside the apartment to get this man and this woman out of the out of the the scope of the area, mm-hmm. or do you mean that like they were already kind of halfway out the door and he, they were kind of reaching for a hand and he just kind of grabbed the hand and pulled him out?
0: Yeah. So. Jay was still in the midst of the fire because, as I said, he was going to find Bunny. So, he was still in the midst of that fire. And then when Curtis went upstairs, he saw Jay and he pulled his ankles out. So, Jay was laying on the floor. It was He was burnt. He was burning.
1: I wonder if... I'm kind of a little skeptical, but, I mean, I'm assuming he, he did that because he genuinely wanted to save Jay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and like, like I said, going back because I know people are going to ask and people are going to have some questions about this later. But Donna was not found at that point. Right. Donna so wasn't even, found. Yeah. And she wasn't even rescued by... Mm, she wasn't not rescued by Curtis at this point. It was only just Jay. So
1: why am I, like, my criminal mind's mind here is thinking that the point of this was only for Donna? Like, the whole reason behind this was for the death of Donna and not for Jay at all because he was the only one that was rescued, technically. Yeah, per se, yeah. Yeah, and then Bunny, I feel like she was she just was at the wrong place at the
0: wrong time and happened to run through the wrong door. I I agree. She definitely was at the wrong... All of them were, honestly. Even Donna? Or are we gonna get into that? That's that's the mystery behind it all. Like, did the note that Donna find at her job is that related to this case? That's the whole mystery behind it.
1: But, like, the note didn't even... Like... (laughs) I mean, I know that it said that if you don't give me my money or if you don't give me the money, you know, there are going to be consequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. But, like, you didn't kind of give her a a way to do that. Like, you didn't Mm -hmm. kind of tell her, you know, this is how much I want. This is how I want it. This is how you're going to get it to me. You didn't give her any kind of, like, you know, you didn't give her any kind of method to use on how to do this. And so you you can't just ask for money and not kind of expect donna to, i mean like i said i would have
0: treated it as a joke i would have been like okay yeah i, I would have too like we said earlier i probably would have treated that known as a joke so donna and jay were rushed to the hospital um they suffered from third degree burns of course all over their body and tragically jay died at the hospital around ten thirty a.m that day that same day that same day mm-hmm. and donna also did not survive so she literally died the same day as Jay died as well. Some sources say she died a couple of minutes after Jay died. Some sources say that she died a couple of hours, but it is confirmed that they both died on the same exact day.
1: That's insane. Mm-hmm. After all this willpower to fight and escape and, um, you know, mm-hmm. all
0: of that, they all ended up passing away. Yep, so now you have the whole entire family deceased. That's insane.
1: Guys, we really do appreciate your support. please keep telling your friends and sharing and following us on Facebook and Instagram. And please subscribe and follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, and even Stitcher. This will qualify you for a shout out, so please go and do this right now. When you subscribe and follow, you'll get an immediate notification to our latest episode release. So if you're listening to us on Spotify, click on that follow button on the top left corner, right below our default photo, and then click on the bell icon next to the follow button to turn on the notifications. And then, of course, Stitcher is the same way. You just click on that uh, follow button right by our default photo, and you'll start following us and start getting notifications as well. So thank you guys so much for listening and your support. We couldn't do it without you guys.
0: So now that you have Donna, Jay, and Bunny all deceased, authorities are now trying to figure out who did it and why. Right. And also, they're trying to connect this incident with the incident incident That happened at the Wells Fargo Bank.
1: All the while, not knowing if they are related, they're just assuming that they are because how ironic. Exactly.
0: Okay. So in July of 2002, so this is basically a whole year later. Okay. The suspects, or arsonists if you will, Mm -hmm. were identified as 14-year-old Timothy Perkins and a 13-year-old accomplice whose sources did not name. You're kidding. I am not kidding.
1: Two kids. Two kids. I mean, 13, 14, whatever, but... That's still young.
0: Very, very young. And that also goes back, I don't know if you remember, that also goes back to what I said one of the witnesses stated that they heard kids coming from the back of the— Yeah. Kind of sort of. Through the stairs. Yeah.
1: Because was it Curtis who said that he heard footsteps, too?
0: Yeah, Curtis did say he heard the footsteps. Okay. But there were other witnesses besides Curtis that said that they heard kids coming from the back of the apartment complex.
1: Right. So they
0: kind of will match up with this. Kind of, sort of. But my thing is, why would you name the 14-year-old and not the 13-year-old?
1: Because they probably didn't have much. Well, I guess we're kind of getting into this a little bit, but Mm -hmm. maybe it's because they have more evidence against the 13-year-old and not the 14-year-old, and Mm -hmm. so they didn't want, because they didn't have enough evidence, and they're both minors, by the way. So if they didn't have enough evidence to convict the 14-year-old, then they're not going to name him because he's a minor.
0: Exactly. But they named the 14-year-old Timothy Perkins, I guess. Because they probably have more evidence
1: on him than... Um, Okay, Timothy's a
0: 13-year-old? Timothy's a 14-year-old. Okay, but they didn't
1: name the 13-year-old then. They didn't name the 13-year-old. It's it's probably because, you know, Timothy was probably the one who they kind of suspected the most and had the most evidence Mm -hmm. against. Of course, yeah. And then the 13-year-old, they probably didn't have enough to convict him. And so then that's probably why they didn't name him because he's a minor.
0: Yeah, but they definitely... Mentioned that they were both involved that's what I'm saying I oh, still don't that's odd, that's, yeah that's what I'm saying I still don't understand why you will name the 14 year old but not the 13 year old I kind of get it but they're like the same age right
1: well it's not even yeah it's not, I don't think it has anything to do with the age yeah really I, I if, if there is anything it's probably just because of how involved the two of them were and how mm-hmm. much evidence they have against the two of them right but I guess I'll let you get more into the evidence to see why they even suspected the two of them in the beginning
0: so apparently one of the boys' grandmother told police that she believed that the two boys were involved in the arson because one of them had a history of setting fires wait
1: so the grandmother of one of these boys yes her own family member yes told authorities mm-hmm. that she believes her grandson and his friend or whatever mm-hmm. were involved in these murders. Yeah, that's
0: what she did. She told authorities that these boys were involved in the arson because one of them had a history of setting fire. So she basically, it wasn't like one of those things where she was like, oh, I I think they may have been involved. She was like, they I were know they did it. Yeah. That's what I took from the sources. Right. That's
1: crazy. I feel like if it was my grandmother, either of my grandmothers, they both would have like confronted me and beat my butt behind closed doors <laughs> and they would have probably like they probably would have made my home life into a jail cell, mm-hmm. but they would have never and again, all families are different, but yeah. not just my grandmothers, I feel like my entire family, they would have all kind of I mean, family's family and i'm not saying that i agree with this i'm just saying that this is just how my family is i just feel like they would have like saved me from authorities but would have like punished me in their own way
0: absolutely right
1: so for this grandmother to be like my grandson for sure did this knowing full well that they're going to face possible jail time yeah that's crazy like that that i don't know i just i find that really uh, most families you'll see in most cases if the family knows whether it's the parent grandparent or whatever they usually cover for their kids exactly or grandkids.
0: Well, well, kind of going back on that, um, I don't want to say that she actually did say, oh, these two boys were involved. So let me kind of back that up. She told police that she believed. So it could be like, you know, one of those things where not necessarily stating that, oh, yeah, they did it. Right. But it's a possibility that they did because one of them have a certain, you know, particular history that matches this. Right. So with that being said, of course that's when police started looking at those two boys and that also goes back to what we were saying earlier how witnesses and neighbors were hearing kids from the back of the complex and i also could you know kind of sort of would explain the the loud footsteps coming from the stairs or right i mean it could be anybody and i mean
1: that actually came to my mind when you said that it was because when mm-hmm. you when you did tell me about you know the footsteps and i remember asking you mm-hmm. so not you know they didn't hear just one set of footsteps they heard several and you were like yeah Mm -hmm. so my first instinct was that if this has anything to do with the murders at all or with this fire at all it had to have been done by more than one person that was my thought at the time again i wasn't thinking that they were going to be set by kids or by two teenagers um but i did kind of get the idea that it was probably done by more than one person
0: yeah same but it makes sense yeah so one of the things that were cause for question was how did they end up tying these particular two teenagers if they didn't even live near their complex.
1: they Okay, so they, they didn't no. live there.
0: These teenagers and what were they did doing? not live in that complex or near that complex. I mean, they probably lived maybe a couple of blocks. Away. But they were not living in that complex.
1: What were they doing at 3.30 in the morning outside of their homes? And like,
0: why that particular apartment? In that area, yeah, and you that didn't, particular, yeah. It's not
1: like you knew of them through the apartment complex you lived there because you didn't. So where did you find... And neither of the boys did. It wasn't just one of the boys. Like, neither of the boys lived anywhere near
0: Neither of them. Which also adds more mystery to this story.
1: Okay.
0: Another thing to note, besides the grandmother's statements, another one of the teenager's friends, the names were Curtis and Brandon Ashby. I think they're brothers. Mm -hmm. They also gave police statements or information about the suspects. This is a quote made by Chris. Okay. He likes fires. But he's, like, not wanting to kill anybody with it. He's just, like, setting fires. Yeah, that's what Chris stated to the police. He also quoted, he's, like, doing it to get a fire truck or to drive by or do something. I don't know what that means. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> it was kind of odd. But that was verbatim with. So Chris So, basically, stated. he's
1: doing it for his own enjoyment, but mm-hmm. not
0: to cause any harm to anyone basically that's what that's what chris was saying you know um they like fires but they don't want to kill anybody so they were basically saying yeah yeah they were confirming what the grandmother confirmed one of them like fires but they weren't trying to kill anybody they just want to just to play around and do something for fun be delinquents well
1: have you heard of the mcdonald triad i have so, I'm going to kind of explain that a little bit to our listeners yes, here. Yes, please do. So, basically, there's three factors that I'm about to get into. And out of the three factors, it just takes at least two of them to be present to have tendencies of being a future serial killer. And they all, all three of these factors begin in childhood. Yep. And these three factors are arson. Yep. Which is what's kind of pertaining to our case now. Yep. Um, the second factor is cruelty to animals. Yep. So whether that's killing them, harming them, hunting them, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is called, it's hard for me to pronounce, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's like you're near, you're yeah. Basically, it's wetting the bed. So if you're, if you see a child wetting the bed consistently, and they're well beyond the age of not, you know, n- you know, able to know not. To, to do, do that, that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's odd right so yeah, that, is that combined odd. with the other two factors if those three things are present in a child that's you know kind of gearing towards the fact that that child may have some type of sociopathic um, you know tendencies, tendencies yeah. to, to be a serial killer Yeah, right. um, and so that just kind of thought it just made me think of this because you know arson's no one just likes to set fires like that like that's mm-hmm. very odd um and definitely you know it, it's a it's definitely one of the triad factors so yeah. I just kind of started thinking about that
0: so I was actually going back and um looking at the statement made by Chris who is the friends of Timothy and the other accomplice mm-hmm. I think I know what he's saying. Because okay. you know, I was, it was kind of like fuzzy. fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's saying that he, I think he was referring to Timothy, mm-hmm. that he likes setting fires because he just likes to get a, a, the fire trucks' attention. So he basically gets a
1: gets a high from
0: fire trucks, basically
1: from like seeing them, hearing them, watching them, right? You
0: know, operate. Mm-hmm. He he gets like. He enjoys that. Yeah, And that's why he likes to set fire so that he could kind of see that. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah that was Chris was saying. He was like, he likes fires, but he doesn't want to kill anybody. He just basically does it to get the attention of a fire truck. That's still not a valid Exactly. But their life were like 14. They were, yeah. Right. Yeah. But. I mean. So, after being confronted about inconsistencies in his story, Timothy Perkins, again, who was the 14-year-old, Confessed that he and his accomplice, the Thirteen Row, were responsible for setting the fire early that morning. How do you feel about that, Shivani?
1: Timothy confessed. Yes. That him and his friend Mm -hmm. were both responsible for the fires.
0: That's what it was noted. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. I don't know if if he's just saying that to get attention because Mm -hmm. obviously that's kind of what it seems like based off of what. You know, the friend Chris said and based off the grandmother's saying what what the grandmother's saying, Mm -hmm. like, I I really do think that these boys create trouble Mm -hmm. to kind of attract attention. And, you know, and that's what they use arson for. I don't Mm -hmm. think the whole McDonald triad has anything to do with them as far as being, you know, future serial killers or anything like that. I just think that they probably did something without realizing that what they were doing and I right. think that the murders were actually accidental if they did do this mm-hmm. and if they didn't do this at all and had nothing to do with this I think that they're just confessing for attention and not yeah. realizing what they're getting themselves into or well Timothy is getting himself into because we don't know what the other accomplice is saying at this point right we or don't know if he's confessing or
0: they could be cursed
1: oh. mm. so brainwashed
0: they could be they have basically been cars to give this statement statement.
1: That mm-hmm. see cases like that is so fascinating to me because I'm like I guess because I'm so strong-willed and for those of you guys who know Shaylin she's the exact same way as me and that's why we get along so well twin flame <laughs> cuz we're both super strong-willed so like cases like that fascinate me because I'm like it would take actually I don't even know what it would take <laughs> for someone to ever brainwash me or coerce me into doing Anything that I'm not willing to do because of how strong-willed we are.
0: But think if you were 14 or 13. Even
1: when time. I was 14, I don't. You know. You think you were really strong? I think. I've, <laughs> I think it's a Gemini trait in us. But i I think I've <laughs> always been very strong-willed and to believe. Like if I believe something is a certain way, like I stick to that. And I mean, but I'm. But I think. Part of growing up is understanding that you know everybody, everyone can have their own perception, and not everyone's wrong, right? Right. So that's something that I kind of grew to understand as I grew up with an age, mm-hmm. um, and and so now I'm more open to other suggestions and other people's opinions and thoughts and things yeah. like that, and not just kind of you know strong will to my own. But like I don't know, I think 14 is still kind of old enough to it know. Is. It but is. I mean, I've heard tons of stories where people who are older than us, and we're both 26, <laughs> that are able to get course like that. So. Yeah.
0: But we build different girl. You know, we can't <laughs> we can't compare ourselves at fourteen to other fourteen year olds at that time. That's so true. I can see both ways in this situation. I definitely can. Um and as, I guess it also depends on how you grew up. Yeah. So
1: you know, some some children grew up strong willed because of the way that they were raised and then Absolutely. some children were not because maybe they were neglected or whatever mm-hmm. and that and therefore they're not as strong willed as you would expect to be. Exactly. And because they were neglected when they do get some sort of attention, whether that's in a negative way, they mm-hmm. feed on that immediately, yep. and they start doing what this person's telling them to do because they're giving them attention. So right. I do see that part actually. Mm-hmm. See, I grew up. I'm now I'm now <laughs> able to think in different aspects. You yep.
0: <laughs> So Perkins claimed that he and his friends snuck out of their homes in the middle of the night, got drunk, and then went to the Chateau Dijon apartment complex and set the apartments. <laughs> stairwell on fire with gasoline
1: so a 13 year old and a 14 year old had access to alcohol got drunk had enough common sense to know how to get drunk but did not have enough to like know that fire could possibly kill somebody right if they were really not trying to harm anybody you know where what did they I mean?
0: even get the gasoline from right like where I did got you get a gas- alcohol did from you get a, did you have a gas can like <laughs> who I, I'm, I'm sorry. Honestly, even if this happened at three o'clock in the morning, I'm sure some somebody was a. I'm sure adults was a. Yeah, somebody was something
1: up. contributed to this, and it wasn't yes. just the two boys. Because first of all, you cannot get alcohol after a certain certain time.
0: We don't know where they got the alcohol. Right, from, no.
1: but like it doesn't matter. We don't even know if that's even a factor. Right, this is just something that they kind of. It's a theory that they came up with. Right, but if alcohol is involved, like. I, I just, you know, to me, I'm like, what are the chances? Because you're definitely a minor. You cannot. Mm -hmm. You're not just a minor where you're 18 trying to drink. You are 13 and 14 years old trying to drink. Like, that's not possible. Right. Plus, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. So, where are you getting this alcohol from?
0: Yeah. That's the main question. And,
1: like, the fact that you drank, got drunk, and then you were like, huh, let's go set fires. That just kind of brings out the immaturity into these kids, right? If that was true.
0: But I don't know how I feel about that, though. Because, like... Like I said, it is a for question about the alcohol. We still want to know we, where you get the alcohol from. The gas can—that's uh, not the ordinary people carry gas cans at their house all the time, right? But I don't see a thirteen and a fourteen-year-old getting drunk and having the mental capacity. Like, okay, let's go to all. Let's go all the way over to these particular apartments for no reason at all, and this going floor, fire. right? Exactly. That's
1: it's. This was. Okay, I think this is premeditated. You think of, so?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I think and I don't know if it was premeditated by these boys or by someone else mm-hmm. or whether these boys were actually involved, but I do think that this murder was premeditated. And it's just weird to me because I don't know why. I don't know who it was targeting, whether yeah. it was Donna, the kids, Jay, who, like what what was going on in these three individuals lives that they probably not bunny she's too young right so mm-hmm. she's probably just a casualty but what was going on in jay and in donna's life that somebody felt the need to do this to them
0: right and it might be not even just jay maybe donna herself well, that's what i'm saying jay yeah. or donna like yeah. what,
1: what what was going on with both of their lives that someone thought that they could do this and mm-hmm. had a reason to do this because it's just odd to me that out of all the apartment complexes listen if you're going to you know play around with fire mm-hmm wouldn't it make more sense and wouldn't it be more easier for you to just play around on the first floor and settle and do something on the first floor right. rather why than going go on to the, the second, second floor right.
0: that's so i love how you brought that up shavani i didn't even think about that you're absolutely right why go on the second floor out of all floors especially if you could just easily go on the first floor and do what you need to do right why it's, go and on get the, second the same floor? outcome
1: right like you're gonna get
0: the same outcome it sounds really, like somebody had a motive yeah that's why this case is so mysterious Yeah, I agree. Well, according to sources, Timothy claimed that he set the fire only to quote unquote scare somebody. Um, His accomplice also admitted to be involved. So now you got these two boys admitting basically that they were involved and they set the fire, but they didn't set the fire intentionally or on purpose. Not really on purpose. I think that's a bad thing to say. Right. But but intentionally is a good word. Yeah. Like they, they,
1: they intended to do this um, for a reason. Yeah. Okay. Rather than...
0: I don't think they was trying to set it to kill anybody.
1: But just to set it, just to set it. Right. For just, their enjoyment of whatever mm-hmm. it is that gives them the pleasure of doing it.
0: Basically. Got it. So with this being said, Perkins was tried as an adult. He was convicted and sentenced to 12 years in prison in August of 2004. So Timothy was the only one convicted in this arson slash the murder month.
1: yeah see I just and he or, was shot as an adult or the, the he's sorry he's 13 right He no Timothy was 14, 14. It was the accomplice that, was, that 13. was 13 I I still think that you know Timothy's probably the one that kind of said you know he was the one only one that confessed I don't think that the other accomplice confessed to
0: anything he did he did he they both should. yeah I'm saying he, they both but they both were convicted no, no. Timothy was the only one convicted. That's what I'm saying. This case is so crazy. That doesn't make sense. He Timothy literally Timothy and the other uh party they both admitted their involvement, but Timothy was the only one convicted. Well, he was the only one convicted and tried as an adult. I think the other party, the 13 year old, was just sent to juvenile detention. They're both they're literally both the same age. Yeah.
1: Unless their stories, like, kind of stated that he, uh, you know, Perkins or Timothy, rather, mm-hmm. um was the mastermind behind. I was going to say that maybe he was, was the one that actually one literally days. did it, and the thirteen-year-old was just like an accomplice, meaning he just kind of tagged along but didn't actually do any of the any of the things. He didn't came up come up with a plan. Mm-hmm. He didn't, you know, provide the arson, provide the gas, provide anything like that didn't actually struck the match or however they did right. it. they Not not involved in that kind of way at all, but just mm-hmm. was there to witness all of this. Right. But I still think that there would be more punishment for just even... Absolutely. That's know. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. But
0: yeah, the 13-year-old was sentenced to juvenile detention, and he stayed there until he was about 18. Now, he wasn't retried for this, so he was not convicted as an adult like Timothy was. So he's been released since then. Right. I don't know what he's doing at this moment, at this time. I really try to look up, you know, Timothy and, like, Argus. if I could finally find any information on the 13-year-old, there is nothing online on him. So I don't even know his name. So they never even, you know, made that public at all. So there you have it. You have this 14-year-old, this 13-year-old. Don't know what they're doing at this moment in time, but... This also goes back to what authorities was basically trying to tie together. So they were saying that they do not believe that this arson and the incident at the bank were connected. So they're basically saying, okay, we have these two teenagers. We know that one of them has a history of setting fires. We know that they both committed Basically committed the crime because mm-hmm. they admitted to doing it. They admitted to being involved. So case closed. We have our people. We have our suspects. Mm-hmm. That that's it. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Just like
1: we see in most of our cases, where yeah. investigators are just they they see the story that seems to fit what you know what could have happened, and mm-hmm. they're just ready to close it out they and move out. on to the next one.
0: So other reasons why this case is so mysterious and confusing is that during Perkins' testimony while he was on trial, he actually denied setting the fire. And he stated that he was asleep that night at a friend's home. So he was basically living with his friend. I think there was to some family issues going on. But he did say that he was asleep at that night um, at the time that this whole situation happened. And he never set that fire. So he basically denied having any type of involvement which is now very, very odd.
1: Right. I, I don't think that they really had anything to do with you it. You
0: don't
1: think so? No. Hmm. And I'm kind of stuck on that. I really don't know. I just, I don't think so because, you know, he was too young. He probably was brought into questioning. And, you know, at the, when you're 14, you have all these law enforcement, right. you know, officials kind of interrogating you you know, you start probably seeing things in a different way and you start saying things you don't mean and you're just trying to get out of there and you just start kind of cooperating just to kind of get out of that situation maybe. And I don't know. I just don't think, like, I don't know. The footsteps kind of get to me too. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, I don't think that an actual adult killer would be, you know, would leave, or not leave rather, but would, would create these footsteps to for others to hear, right? You'd be Brilliant. more careful, and again you you had also mentioned that it's not just one but it's several like several footsteps all together mm-hmm. so it's definitely more than one person. So I mean kids make sense, right? Like it, yeah, two kids, kids or two mm-hmm. teenagers committing that makes sense, but I don't know. I don't know if just, like you said it could have been coerced or it could have mm-hmm. been uh, this is this is
0: crazy. But what makes this even more crazy is that there was no physical evidence leaking Perkins to the fire. However, a few months later, he told investigators that he had said it. So now you got this back and forth. You got, yeah, I was involved. Me and my accomplice, we were involved in setting the fire then you got, no, I didn't do it. I was at a friend's house. Now you got him going back saying, Man, yeah, I did it. That's why I'm like, what in the world? Right. So he's basically like confessing, recanting, confessing mm-hmm. over
1: and over again. Mm-hmm. He seems confused to me.
0: Yeah. And this is likely why he was tried and convicted because of the inconsistencies in his story. Right. Of him actually confessing and then saying that he didn't do it. So there you have it. Again, he was sentenced to 12 years like that's always been
1: interesting to me too, not just Timothy, but there's tons of people out there who do this kind of stuff mm-hmm. who who were not sure if they're guilty or not, but they confess and that's kind of what led them to where they are now, mm-hmm. and then they recant their confession and then they and they just kind of spiral onto the same, you know, same routine. Mm-hmm. And I'm just to me I'm like, why? What are you getting out of this? Do you enjoy gel? Do you enjoy kind of making people, you know, basically I don't want to say go crazy, but yeah, go crazy, yeah, that's, trying to figure that's trying out to what happened. Happen. <laughs> like, you, you enjoy that. You, you enjoy that. I don't know. I guess, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what Timothy enjoyed doing or he yeah. just
0: kind of. That's why I said Timothy is Timothy. Well, I don't know how, how to describe it. You know? Timothy is just an a- adjective at this point. So this is uh, where, again, uh, everything was getting confusing because Perkins' defensive attorney, Logan Diets, claimed that investigators coerced the confession after an all-night interrogation conducted without permission. Or, I guess, parents or any legal guardians being present during this interrogation. So now you got um, Timothy's defense attorney stating that this whole confession was coerced. Also, Timothy wasn't allowed any parents or any any legal guardians, anybody.
1: Not even their attorney? Yeah.
0: There was nobody present while he was being interrogated.
1: But this like multiple times though? Like, yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. the first time he confessed. But what about the second time he confessed? Like, you know... So, and at that point, he's older now. Like mm-hmm. the second time he confessed, or confessed right? So, mm-hmm. like you should know a little bit more, mm-hmm. or at least know a little bit better than what you knew when you were
0: fourteen years old confessing to a crime. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's, yeah. but I can see where I honestly can see where the defense attorney came yeah you're 14 you do need somebody in the room with you yeah and he apparently he did not have any parents or any um anybody over the age of 18 And is that even legal it's not so how did that even get into a courtroom that's what i'm saying that's why they feel like this whole thing was coerced So that kind of goes to, you know, goes back to where you were saying you don't think that these two um, teenagers were involved. Yeah, it's
1: just too messy. I just, I think that if they, if the two were involved, they didn't, they weren't the direct sources of what caused this at all. And I also don't even know if the note has anything
0: to do with this. Me neither. This is why I wanted to tell you this story. So open up your brains and try to think what could have happened. Was Donna targeted and... Unfortunately, her family also, you know, made the same fate. And
1: Yeah, that sucks because, like, you know, that they were not expecting that. And no. it, it was something that happened. It's a tragedy that happened to the whole family. And what I want to know is why does this stuff, like, stuff like this always happen in Houston? <laughs> what is it about
0: Houston that... Good question. Good question. But this is all around too. But yeah, I, I know I Houston, yeah, I get what you're saying about um, Houston. though I get what you're saying. But honestly, I don't know how I feel about this case. Uh, I know that you said that you don't feel like the teenagers actually were involved in mm-hmm. this. I really am on edge of how I feel. I don't know if they were involved or I don't know if they weren't involved. This is why I'm just like, what in the world happened? Who right. did it? Why? What's the purpose? I'm just and- I'm just up in the air with it all. Mm-hmm. So. I agree.
1: There could have also been, like, a higher-up influence, you know, to these boys Yeah, that could have been just a few years older. And um, they didn't want to, like, give up the identity of this older person that was their influence. And that could be a thing, because I've seen a lot of that. Um, So, I don't know. I guess, you know, um, only God knows. Only God knows.
0: So, Bunny Terry was going to turn 9 years old that year on July 14, 2001. At the time, she attended Clear Lake City Elementary School. Again, Donna was an employee at the Wells Fargo's Bank in Houston, and her son Jay had recently graduated from college and was engaged to be married. All three are buried together at the Rose Hill Cemetery in Odessa, Texas.
1: All the way in Odessa? Yeah. They lived in Houston. They were buried in Odessa?
0: Yeah. And they're all buried together in Odessa, and actually uh, Googled their tombstones and everything. They're literally buried together side by side. That's nice. At yeah. least they get to like rest in peace together. Absolutely. So there you have it. The tragic story of Donna, Baldeo, Jay Lewis, and Bunny Terry. Wow, I that's
1: that one threw me for a loop just because, you know, there's so much factors that kind of contribute to this case and you don't really know where to start or you don't even know where to start as far as what could have happened like you don't know what what thought process you should even take as far as what could have happened so um
0: what are y'all thoughts you know yeah let Let us know know. (laughs) what you think what happened to um this family is very tragic it's still um they i think now today that they're saying that the case is solved being that they convicted timothy but Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think that this is the end right i don't think that I, I agree I, I agree. can say
1: that for sure I agree I, there's definitely more to this story um let us know what you guys think whether you think that the note that you know Donna found previously at the Wells Fargo Bank if that's related to what happened with Mm -hmm. her murder. Let us know if you guys think that Timothy and his accomplice had anything to do with it or what your theories are. We would love to kind of get more perceptions or perspectives, rather, Mm -hmm. on on this case. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting us. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you. Goodbye. Bye.